Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. How are you, Pastor Radical? Doing very well. It's a wonderful Easter celebration, Christ's resurrection. So how about you? How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the wonderful weather we're having here in Minnesota. It's been un, unseasonably warm. Nice to get outside and spend some time with the kids and the family and been on quarantine for almost a week here. Looking forward to getting back to work here and, and back to normal, but uh, uh, it's kind of been a blessing too to spend some extra time with the family here. So, No doubt. Uh, today, Pastor Radical is going to be leading us in a devotion. Pastor? Yes, with this last weekend being Resurrection Sunday and looking at that we took the Lord's Supper too, I thought it would be fitting to go back to one of the Gospels and look at this section from Matthew chapter 26. So this is the account of Matthew's perspective of what Jesus said by, by inspiration about the Lord's Supper. So he says, verses 26 through 29, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Well, number one, we see that this familiarity of the take, eat, and drink. This is my body. This is my blood. And I like this section from Matthew because it talks about the blood of the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So here we see that the Lord's Supper is directly addressing our soul's problem with sin and directly declaring that in the sacrament, we hear the gospel preached and proclaimed that we are forgiven through the blood, through the death of Christ, our Savior. But we see this resurrection promise here, too, which is what I really wanted to focus on with you, Pastor, is verse 29, when Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, as far as the harmony of the gospel is concerned, we know this is the last supper, the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples before his death. And so his point to them is that we're going to drink of the fruit of the vine again. We're going to drink of this wine again, and that's when he's in his father's kingdom with us and all believers. So it does point us to the resurrection, it does point us to Jesus' promise that he'll come and take us home again. So not only do we celebrate the Lord's Supper and seeing the connection between the communion of Christ's body and blood and what we're eating and drinking in the bread and wine, that miraculous union, but we also see the union we will have again in heaven and that it's all possible because of our Lord's resurrection from the dead. Again, as 1 Corinthians 15 points out, if Christ is not risen, our faith is in vain. So that would be our faith in the Lord's Supper, what he promises to bless us, what it is, what it means for us. And then, again, faith in our eternal life in heaven with that whole idea and concept of we're going to be spending eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Not just drinking wine and so forth, but the whole idea of that heavenly banquet feasts that we talk and sing about, about that glory we have with the Lord forever in heaven. So I think this is a, a very encouraging section for us, especially in connection with taking the Lord's Supper, that we can picture that day that will come very soon to drink it with our Savior forever in his kingdom. 
and then also to rejoice in that this is possible because of the Lord's resurrection. It kind of reminds me of our, our theme this past weekend that you and I had studied, faith to sight. So I don't know if you had any specific thoughts on, on that, but this is a very comforting section for me. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think the neat thing is kind of the the implicit expectation that Jesus is has in these words. You know, this is before he dies, you know, so and he's speaking to his disciples and he says, I, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit until that day. It's an expectation. He's saying this is going to happen uh, in my fa- when I drink it again in my father's kingdom. And of course, that's looking forward to that, that day of when you say, as our faith turns to sight in heaven, and there's an expectation there from Jesus that this is going to happen again. Um, and, you know, for Jesus to say that as he's about to go die on the cross and no doubt the disciples, you know, uh, who, when Jesus originally said this, did not understand what he meant when he said Father's kingdom. You know, no doubt they were ex- thinking of uh, earthly kingdom or, or something uh, uh, physically as far as the nation of Israel. Um, but what Jesus is talking about is his e- eternal kingdom uh, in heaven. And he's looking forward to that day where the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb will take place. And he's saying, this will happen. I will drink, you know, when he's saying, I will not drink of it again, that means I will drink of it again on that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So he's saying this is going to happen. And uh, uh, for the disciples, as they watched, you know, as they heard of Jesus' death on the cross, and as John saw his death on the cross, they might have thought, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but then after he rose again from the dead, which is, as you say, the, the foundation uh, for the eternal kingdom Christ won for us and that the father's kingdom in heaven because he lives we shall live also now we can look forward to that that uh, day when we will drink it with the Lord in heaven absolutely let's pray dear Lord Jesus we thank you for the opportunities to read and hear and study your word and rejoice also in your sacraments not just our baptism which washes us clean with your blood but also of holy communion that you've blessed us with where we are able to take and eat your body and blood in with uh, under that bread and wine you continue to join yourself to us and in our faith we trust that you live and dwell with us and within us and for this lord we give you thanks and praise because we know this unity with you also unites us in your death and resurrection and gives us that confidence of our eternal life with you forever in heaven help us continue to celebrate your resurrection Sunday morning throughout our lives until you call us home to be with you forever in heaven. Until that day, Lord Jesus, strengthen our faith always in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple updates, reminders for you this week, uh, this evening. Today, by the way, is Wednesday, April 7th. This evening we will be uh, uh, revisiting our Bible class that we had paused during the Lenten season. Uh, we were studying the, the Gospel of Mark. If you remember, we took a break for our fellowship studies that took place in February, which led up to the Lenten season. So it's been quite some time since this Wednesday evening Bible study, which is online, took place. Um, but that'll be renewing again this evening. So you can check out the Emmanuel Memo email, which is going out, which will have a link, or you can go to our website, emmanuelmancato.org, check out the calendar, and there in the calendar will be the link for the uh, the, the Bible study there. So uh, either way, uh, you can find that link to the Bible study. If you need help, please let Pastor Radical or myself know. And uh, we hope to continue that Bible study uh, through the Gospel of Mark uh, through the, the coming uh, semester.
This coming weekend, uh, Easter song service will be taking place uh, after this last week. Uh, the sunrise service was canceled uh, due to my quarantining. And uh, so this weekend, Pastor Radical is going to lead that uh, Easter song service, which is going to be kind of based on the what I put together for the sunrise service. Pastor, you're going to want to introduce that a little bit? Yeah, I really enjoyed when you showed me the sunrise service. And I'm really glad we're going to be making use of that uh, here this weekend. And then basically we'll be just interspersing a, a few spots where members can share their favorite Easter type hymn. It doesn't have to be directly out of the Easter section, but if you want to sing something that has to do with the resurrection or, I mean, most of our hymns do. So we'll try to sing verses that have to do with giving glory to Christ and his resurrection as much as possible. So we'll have a few spots in that service this weekend to do just that. So looking forward to some of those songs that we were planning on having this past weekend and the trumpets and so forth again, Lord willing. So uh, looking forward to this weekend service. Thank you for your work in prepping that. Yeah. Uh, also, next the weekend after that, April 16th, Pastor has a, a plan for a uh, Christian music concert festival. Do you want to talk about that too? Sure. Uh, ultimately, the deacons just said I could have opportunity to rehearse what I'm going to be doing a mission festival in Washington, basically the weekend after next weekend. And so uh, I was hopeful that anybody who wanted to play instruments or music and so forth, I know a couple of people would reach out to me. So I'm hoping to include them in that, but it's basically a rehearsal so I can um, practice and time out how long that whole service part will be, probably an hour, hour and a half. And so if anyone wants to come and listen to that, that's what will be Friday night, April 16th. I believe I have it on 7 p.m. If anybody wants to play for that, again, reach out to me and we'll try to uh, get that all worked out where we can play together. So I'm looking forward to that kind of relaxing evening. If you're looking for something to do, just come on into the church and listen to some music, some devotion. Oh, neat. Looking forward to that too. That'll be, that'll be fun. Uh, that same weekend, uh, April 17th and 18th is our confirmation weekend. Um, so we have uh, 12 young people this year who will be uh, uh, making vows to the Lord about the, the confession of their faith and what they believe and their agreement with the teachings of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church. So uh, please note that this weekend, uh, that, that weekend, so it's not this coming weekend, but the weekend after, um, as we have done in the past, the Bible class hour, which is uh, on Sunday morning at nine o'clock will be the examination hour. So uh encourage you all to come to that and and refresh yourselves and uh what uh, you learned during your own time in confirmation when you studied martin luther's catechism and and hear these students who have put a lot of time and effort into studying uh the catechism and god's word and and uh being able to recall those things as well so again that examination will be april 18th at at 9 a.m there will be no bible class on saturday evening the 17th um but we'll have the same service, April 17th and April 18th, which is a confirmation service. Uh, announcement regarding our calls. Uh, we heard this last weekend, Mr. Eric Libby has accepted our call to teach high school at uh, Emmanuel uh, Lutheran School. So we thank the Lord for answering our prayer there. Uh, also this past weekend, Mr. Matthew Kranz returned the call he'd received from Messiah Eau Claire. So thank the Lord for uh, uh, revealing his will in that matter as well. On our prayer list, we continue to pray for Tony Schaumann, who had the car accident knee surgeries a number of weeks ago. Uh, pray for his continued recovery. We also continue to pray for Marie Meyer, that's the sister of Grace Schreier, and Lori Bren, that is the sister of Carl Omenson, both of whom are dealing with cancer. Um, may the Lord keep them in his 
care as well. Uh, our doctrine of the day today, uh, very timely for uh, uh, this time of year, is on the resurrection. Uh, we thought we kind of kicked this down the road a little bit a couple weeks ago, hoping to get to it right after Easter. And I think, obviously, uh, good to consider what exactly the resurrection of Jesus Christ means and what, what the Bible tells us about that resurrection. Um, so one of the things that maybe we take for granted in the, in the Lutheran church is the, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pastor, maybe I'll start by asking you the question, why is it so important that we, that we confess that Jesus actually physically rose from the dead? I think it's very important based on, I mean, you see the apostles writing those very things. We can trust their eyewitness. That's a very important first part because they've all declared that they saw him rise from the dead. So if he has not risen, all of their witness would not be trustworthy. It, it, basically, you'd have to treat it as false if he did not rise. And also a very important point, probably I would say even more important of a point would be that if Christ did not rise, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, what really is the point of our faith? Jesus could die for our sins, but we all still are going to die. And if Christ does not rise and the dead do not rise, then our faith is in vain. So the whole point is that it doesn't make a difference if Jesus died or not for our sins, if we're going to remain dead in the grave. So Christ's resurrection gives us that inheritance like we talked about from first Peter chapter one, this past weekend, gives us this inheritance in our eternal life in heaven. But without Christ's resurrection, we, we don't have an inheritance. It's not, it's not certain for us. We have to be left wondered, are we really going to rise from the dead or not? And so it really totally changes the whole Christian perspective if Christ in fact did not rise, which we know he did. So are there churches out there today that, I mean, it seems like such a basic principle, tenant of Christianity, that Jesus rose from the dead. It's in the Apostles' Creed. Are there churches out there that today that deny the resurrection of Christ? Yeah, there are quite a few Christian churches that do deny the resurrection of Christ from the dead. You know, even among Lutherans, the ELCA tolerates a lot of different things. It's the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America does tolerate if you don't believe in Christ's resurrection. That's still okay. It can be a part of our church. You can be part of our synod group there. And that really shouldn't surprise us that Christian churches tolerate that there is no resurrection. Even Jesus' day, we often talk about the, the Jews and the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees denied the resurrection too, but we're still a Jewish sect. They were still a Jewish denomination, if you will. So nothing is really new out of the sun in that degree, but you have to watch out because it's definitely one of these miraculous things in a society in a world today that denies miracles. The resurrection is also one of those things that people are denying more and more, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I definitely, was there a specific group that you were thinking of as well? Nope. You answered okay. the question. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just, it's, it might come as a surprise to people that even within Lutheranism, that there are people who deny the actual resurrection, or they'll say he spiritually rose from the dead, or they'll, you know, they'll they'll wiggle their way around around it without actually coming out and saying, "Yes, Jesus physically rose from the dead." And I think it's really important that we take a stand on that because, I mean, that's that's you know, we talk about what we call fundamental doctrines. You know, yeah. if you don't think Jesus actually rose from the dead, you think it's just some myth or uh, story or it's a way to feel good about death. Well, I mean, without, without that, there is no salvation outside of, uh, 
believing in the actual physical resurrection of Christ. Um, but I got one for you then. Sure. So what about uh, if we talk about Jesus' resurrection, he promises he will come again. What about all the different groups today that speak? We talked about this a little bit with millennialism, but what about those who talk about they'll be taken to heaven bodily before that last day? Like some, some will be taken to heaven, like this whole rapture idea or that whole, how does that work out with the whole resurrection promise? Like the left behind idea. Sure. Sure. So uh, there's a lot of idea out there, especially in, in kind of some, charismatic or Pentecostal churches, the idea that, uh, that Christ is going to come and bring some people home to heaven bodily. And then there will be a time for others to come to faith and to trust in the Lord Jesus for salvation. At that point, uh, the Bible makes it clear. I believe that, uh, that on the last, that, 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 that rapture that people will refer to is simply the last day, the resurrection when Jesus will come to take all people home to heaven. Uh, the writer of the Hebrews makes it clear it's for man to live once and then the judgment. Um, and frankly, it's kind of an anti-biblical idea that that people will have a second chance to believe in Christ, that they're not gonna that they're gonna get more opportunity or a greater witness or something than than others, or they're gonna see people go to heaven and then they're gonna have a chance to believe. The Bible makes it pretty clear you get you get one chance. Your life is your life. Um, your, your time of grace and then it's uh, then it's the judgment and so um, we should uh, always bear in mind that at any point our time on this earth could be ending um, and that's why this teaching of the resurrection is so important because we know on that last day uh, Paul tells the Thessalonians that Christ will bring with him all those who are dead in Christ and will restore them to their bodies and then we'll all be with the Lord in the air and brought up to heaven with the Lord and be there forever with the Lord. So um, the resurrection, uh, our resurrection is something to really look forward to. And, you know, I think scripture talks about Christ being the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And I think that's, that's why the, the physical resurrection of Christ is so important. Um, your body that you have today will be the same body that you have in heaven. The only difference being that your body will be perfect. Job said in the old Testament, this, I know that in my flesh, I shall see God. And though my flesh is destroyed, <laughs> I will see him with my very own eyes. So even though, you know, even though Job confessed, my flesh will become dust and Job's flesh is currently dust. Um, his eyes that he had will be brought back and he will see the Lord. And the same thing with you and I, though we are now dead uh, or though we, though we die, our bodies will be raised, will be resurrected. Um, regardless of what happens to them, whether you drown in the ocean or whether you uh, are cremated or whether you're buried or, or no matter what happens, your body will be brought back as uh, perfect as Christ's body, which is amazing to think about that you will be as perfect as Christ is. You'll be holy as he is holy. You'll be perfect as he is perfect. Um, you will be in the image of God uh, in perfection and righteousness. And then we'll spend forever with him in heaven. So resurrection, super important doctrine to think about and, and consider, especially uh, during this Easter season. That's why Easter is so important to us. And that's why Easter is the highest feast festival in the Christian calendar is because uh, not only does it pertain to what Christ did and the sacrifice being complete for us, but it also is looking forward to our own resurrection. Got a hymn picked out for us? I do. I do. So uh, I mentioned this, we sang this hymn this past weekend. I thought it'd be good to revisit some of the words, especially connected with our devotion early on in our doctrinal discussion here. So I'd like to read for you 
Hymn 736 at the Lamb's High Feast, we sing, I'm going to read verses 1, 3, and 4. At the Lamb's High Feast, we sing praise to our victorious King, who has washed us in the tide, flowing from his pierced side. Alleluia. Now no more can death appall, now no more the grave enthrall. You have opened paradise, and your saints in you shall rise. Alleluia. Easter triumph, Easter joy, this alone can sin destroy. From sin's power, Lord, set us free, newborn souls in you to be. Alleluia. Amen. We thank you for joining us on Twin Steeples Podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.